G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lech Dog. I'm joined by Patch and as I will say, g'day to them. First, we've got to thank our sponsor for today, Hungry Jack's Frozen Sour Slurpees with Bursties Warhead. Uh, what do they call it? Flavor twisting, tongue twisting flavor. It's fantastic. I love them. I highly recommend the Sweet and Sour Bursties with the Sour Grape. I've had every combination you can possibly have. Patch, it's great to have you on board as well as our new sponsor, Frozen Drinks from Hungry Jacks. They're just really freaking good, and I want to get the word out. Are they giving us money for this? Like, no, I, I, I'm I'm losing money on this one. Right, okay. I didn't know where this had come from. You hadn't floated this beforehand, um, so I was wondering if you were squirreling away money in an offshore account somewhere. But no, you just you just really like frozen drinks, and you know what? I'm happy for you. It's coming into summer. You got to do what you got to do, but it's good to be back. It's good to be talking. Um, with you on the podcast for the first time in a little while. Damo and I did the mock draft a little while ago with Azza. Um, but yeah, we are, we're back to analyze the, the extent of it. Yeah, the draft has, got, has happened. It was a great podcast slash stream from you guys. Always a lot of fun. And you guys got a lot of those picks right. And the mastermind behind it all was you, Damo, who joins us from lovely, sunny Perth, Fremantle. Where do you live? Perth, Perth. Well, Perth and Fremantle are close enough together that you can say both. It's fine. Uh, yeah, in the Phantom Draft, I would like to point out that I got Sydney's selections right in the wrong order, though. Still counts, baby. Still bloody counts. You take them any way you can. So I think how we're going to run things today, we'll just go club by club. We'll take a look at all of their draftees across all of the th- multitude of drafts, then we don't need to get into the 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 minutiae of why those drafts don't actually need to exist. We'll just talk about who got taken and how that uh, super coach relevant. And I think we'll start off with Adelaide, who had an interesting hand at the draft demo. They took quite a lot of midfielders, but obviously with their first pick, they took Josh Rochelle. Do you see him as being their their biggest super coach rookie for us in 2022. I was talking to Baron about this. He's probably the best person to ask about Adelaide and all their inner workings. Uh, sounds like Josh Rochelle is the one most likely to line up at some point throughout 2022. Uh, he doesn't think that there are other picks in Jake Saligo or Zach Taylor will do much in the senior side in 2022. Well, Rochelle averaged 130 in the NAB League patch. A very explosive player. Not sure he's going to get those same freedoms uh, in the real AFL or the AFL, not the real AFL, the AFL. The AFL. What yeah, do you think about him? Other Australian rules football competitions. Um, I think he's great. He's um, a Shepparton product. I didn't get the chance to watch him because we didn't have any football um, played in Shepparton um, from the Bush Rangers, but I know a few people that did said he was incredible, looked very, very good, explosive out of packs. Don't think you'll get the chance to slide into the midfield much for the Crows at all this year. So I don't think we'll expect a lot from him average-wise, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him there round one and to be given a, a really good run at it from the Crows. So I 
I'd be very comfortable, you know, penciling him in early to a forward line and, and thinking we should be able to rely on him barring injury or barring any major stuff over the preseason. Because he also fits a, a role that Adelaide doesn't really have, um, that, that void of significance that we're going to talk about a lot in that he, he fills that, that X factor niche and I reckon the Crows will give him a decent run at it to, to just see how he goes. Damo, he was taken at pick six, so he's not going to be a super cheap rookie. Is he going to improve his output from like a guy like James Rowe last year who started off with a couple of tons, dropped a few 40s, and was pretty inconsistent through the year? Can we fork out a lot of cash, or is he going to be a completely different type of player? I think being a small forward in his first season at AFL level is when he gets his opportunity, you won't want to pay the amount of money that he's likely to be. I think it's about going to be about that 180K mark in when he enters Supercoach. And he may make you a little bit of cash, but he may be one of those slow burns. He may even lose cash to begin with. And then the the rest of the, the picks that they took, Saligo, Saligo and Zach Taylor. Taylor averaged 26 disposals in the NAB League. Saligo had 23. But... Do we think these guys get a crack at all or is it are these guys really there to try and give some depth for when Rory Laird or Rory Sloan or whoever it is retire or step out of uh, key midfield roles? Well, the fact that the Crows drafted three players under 180 centimetres, I don't think all three are going to play at the same time to begin with. They may eventually force their way in to become part of the same team. But early on, I think Joshua Shelley will get first dibs and then they will decide if he continues to get those opportunities ahead of these two other guys. And they've also got uh, Luke Pedler as well and that massive draft class from last season as well. I was going to say there will be players that we won't necessarily touch on that will be rookie priced because I don't have them in front of me, Damo, but feel free to drop those goddamn fire names any chance you get. Patch, anything else on Adelaide before we move down to Brizzy? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we see uh, Taylor debut at some stage during the year. I think he'll be quite good. Um, you know, they excellent kick as well, which the Crows don't have a lot of. But yeah, it'll it'll be a matter of, of later on rather than straight off the bat, I think, for him. Well, let's talk Brizzy Lions. They took a couple of nice little players. I think one of the really good gets of the draft, with my limited knowledge of it, was Darcy Wilmot. My fear, though is that they're starting to gear up for a Daniel Rich free world, and I'm not okay with that, Patch. I'm, I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. Look, it, it's perfectly normal to be scared, Lake Dog. That's that's what happens when we when we realise the end of something we truly love is coming. But you've just got to you've got to let go. You've got that time to say farewell, that time to say goodbye, um, and you've got to do the best you can with it. Um, and and part of that will be just transitioning to pick Darcy Wilmot because I think he'll slide straight into that side and should average us at 65 or 70 and make us a bunch of cash. So you think he's going to play in 2022? I, I think he will, yeah. I Might not be round one, but I, I think he's, again, in that void of significance. They've drafted for that need, and also he's pretty good. And, you know, he's a hard nut and a tough body. And, you know, he's taken care of himself by smashing a bunch of Pepsi Max after he got drafted. Um, <laughs> yeah. So his body's going to be in peak physical condition but no it'll be i think he'll he'll play reasonably early averaged 87 in the nab league 15 disposals if he can be efficient with those nine kicks per game we know he will be able to make an impact 
How do you feel, Damo? Is he the number one uh, rookie target we should be looking at from Brisbane this year? Yeah, I think so. But we also still have the elusive Eli Smith that is on their list who has been pushing for a debut for a long, long time. But yeah, I think Darcy Wilmot will be a good selection to start the season. I'm just looking here, fellas, at who else they took. Kai Lohman and James Tung still. I don't know anything about him. You guys are going to have to tell the audience about them. I know it looks like Tunstill had a really good super coach average, 117 in the Waffle Colts. That sounds good to me, but I don't know. Yeah, James Tunstill is a big-bodied mid. Um, well, not really a big body because he's only 74 kilograms, but he was one of those players where size didn't really matter to him. He just went in and bustled. and he Multiple tackles on multiple occasions – could hit the scoreboard. He he was just one of your classic inside midfielders. Yeah, so I feel like they've got Dev Robertson there still as well, which is a name that we haven't heard of in a while, who sort of was supposed to be the next big thing. Still hasn't really played footy for him. Um, so I don't know if he gets, if this Tunstill bloke gets in ahead of him. And Kai Lohman patch, what's he? Is he a small forward he's a, midfielder? He's a, a small athletic forward, which will be great for the highlights reel for Brisbane. And as they push, um, push Cam Rayner into the midfield. Maybe he sees a little bit of game time, but I think he's a Link McCarthy replacement in advance. And small forward is a kryptonite for us in Supercoach. And even if he's picked, probably won't be picking him unless we're in dire straits on the rookie front. They also re-rookie listed Cam Alice Yolman, which uh, I don't know if it has a whole lot of Supercoach relevance. We know when he comes into that senior level, he does score very well. Just while it's in front of me, Ben Davis was re-rookied by Adelaide, and they also took Luke Nankervis in the PSD. If you've got anything to say on him before we uh, continue on, now is your chance, gentlemen. May God have mercy on us all. I'm still very confused as to why there's a preseason draft and then the rookie draft and the national draft and why it can't just be one draft. Well, we can talk about that off pod because you know that's going to upset me, Patch. It upsets me as well. It's just it's confusing and dumb and I hate it. But anyway, let's. speaking of things that are compu- confusing, dumb and I hate, Carlton are next on the list. <laughs> yep, the Blues, uh, they just took the one pick at the national draft. Obviously, they wanted another pick because uh, Liam Jones retired, which was upsetting, but that's okay. They took Jesse Motlop, played, uh, played plenty of waffle footy. I think he averaged about 60 in the Waffle last year, and 103 um, playing in the Waffle Colts. 15 disposals a game, three tackles a game, one and a half goals a game. Look, I think is, he'll be... Did he play? I, 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 th- I think he's in frame because we do still lack that, you know, that X factor in, in, in quotation marks in the forward line. We've got Matt Owies pretty cemented there, but he's more of a lead-up small forward. They've also got... Josh Honey, who they elevated in this draft to the senior list, um, playing up there. And there's a few guys, but there's probably a spot he can fight for. And if he shows something and he's ahead of Corey Durden, uh, they'll definitely take a look at him. I don't think he's playing every game, but I also don't really know how the new regime works. Maybe they do give first crack to the kids. If he does play, is he going to score enough, Damo, for us to consider picking him? No, he wasn't a huge possession getter in the waffle. He did hit the scoreboard quite a bit, but he wasn't the type of player who had a lot of disposals, had a lot of impact. He was more of a 
flashes of brilliance type of a player, but the thing that could work for him in playing senior footy in 2022 was the fact that he played in the Waffle League rather than the Waffle Colts and has played against the bigger bodies. And so he could find himself with more experience and have and having that one step ahead of the other draftees and the other players on the list. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm look- a big fan of guys that have played senior footy before they come in, even if it's a couple of games. Um, you know, we'll talk about a few others in that mould a bit later on. But yeah, I think that'll hold him in really good stead. And, and I still can't believe the fact that a player called Owies, I'm, I'm not going to say Owies because it feels wrong. Um, Owies exists and could get a game ahead of Motlop. Matter is very good at lead up small forward. Um, yeah, no, look, that my only concern with a guy like Motlop from a super coach perspective is that, you know, is he the guy that we pick in round one and then he's still stuck on our bench at round 13 pumping out 40s? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? We've talked about the merits of that and I'm sure we'll cover it again. Also, they upgraded Matt Kennedy as, um, and Josh Honey to the senior list, so you'd expect a few more games out of them. I think Voss likes them. And then they re-rookied Lockie O'Brien, Matt Cottrell, and took our first ever Carlton Academy player in Dom Akui, who is a very, very raw prospect defender, ruck-type setup player. So none of them will be particularly super coach relevant for us. Collingwood. Picnic. <laughs> yep, that's that's pretty much it, Damo. I, I, do you want to, for those that have been living under a rock, do you want to tell us about why we should pick Nick and what the magic number that he averaged in uh, in the NAB League was? Uh, in the NAB League, Nick Dacos averaged 159. And for those at the back? Five games, 159 across five games. And his coach even thought... Let's forget about him being ready for round one in 2022. He was ready for round one in 2021. Yeah. So if that's the case, he's going to be great. He's going to be expensive, but he's going to be a great. Do you reckon they play him through the midfield or is he does he sit on a half-forward flank for a year or two as they build up his tank and build up his body and, and don't throw him to the wolves? I'm not. I'm. I haven't seen the way that Fly coaches. I, I know he coached uh, Richmond's VFL team and was very involved in their um, in in the AFL uh, program. But I'm not sure if he, how much of it that he influenced. Um, I'm hoping that Nick Dacos does start in the in the middle and gets his opportunities in the middle, though. I don't think you can take a guy who averaged 36 disposals in his NAB league. 3.4 tackles, five inside 50s, averaged 159, still hit the scoreboard. I don't see how you can take him to Collingwood, who finished, what, second last this year, and not play him in the midfield. They're not, to me, screaming heaps and heaps of death in depth in that area. We saw at stages Pendles move to the back line, to the forward line. I think they'll make room for him. And, I think is, and the fact that he slipped to pick four is not even as expensive as he should be, and we don't need to talk about how clubs not bidding is dumb. It's, this has got to be a no-brainer, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm intrigued by how Collingwood's midfield does come together because we saw them blood quite a few players last year and they had Bianco go through there. They've got um, the you know Nick Day, uh, the other Dacos, Josh Dacos, roll through there a bit more. Um, they had Poulter on a wing a bit. Like They've kind of toyed around with a few younger players and then they've had um, Taylor Adams, Pendlebury, a few others roll through there as well. I'm, I'm intrigued by how it works together, but I can't see a world in which we don't pick Nick Dacos straight off the bat. 
just before we continue, uh, Nick Dacos will be 193,800. Uh, Darcy Wilmot will be 139,800. If the score, if the prices continue the same trend for the top uh, 20 draftees. A bargain for both if they're there in round one for mine. Yeah. Um, Damo Alo Draper. I don't think he plays round one, but where they were able to select him is a bargain. And as such, it's created a bargain for us if, if he gets his opportunity. He kept yeah. recovering from that shoulder injury as well, isn't he? I, I don't know if that's yeah. still troubling him, but did average 140 in the sample under 18s. They also took Cooper Murley. I don't know anything about this player. Averaged 22 disposals a game across four games and 105 points in the Sandville under 18s. Are we going to see him play any footy for us? I wouldn't have expected so. He was um, had a lot of injuries last year, and I think the year before he also missed a lot of footy. So I think they'll probably focus on just getting games into him at, at VFL level or, or whatever it is that they do with him. But I, I would be shocked if we see him at least early in the season. And they also took Harvey Harrison, who's going to ruin a lot of commentators' careers. Yes, yes, he will. I don't know anything about Harvey Harrison, um, but maybe we see him. I don't know. No clue. The other one to look out for is Charlie Dean, who they picked up in the rookie draft, an intercepting defender who could very who, who could debut in round one alongside Dacos. Yeah, I, I like him as a as a potential option. They took him in the rookie draft. He played. They also re-rookied Isaac Chug. I don't really understand why or how that works. But, you know, Charlie Dean, slightly mature age. I think he's 19 or 20 coming out of the VFL. And we, we saw them play. Um, what was his name? Was it Ash Johnson? Something like that. Yeah, Ash Johnson they picked up. He then got injured, but all the talk was that he was going to play. I think similarly for Charlie Dean, they're going to look at him to play. Yeah, Key that, defender, intercepting defender. Don't know what he scores. We'll we'll see. I yeah would yeah. I don't think they've got a lot of depth in that line, but I also don't know who comes out for him to go in. But could be a yeah. We we don't know. We don't know. This Charlie game. Dean averaged eighty five over eight games in the VFL for Williamstown. Well, there you go. So if that translates, probably to about sixty in. Supercatch, but at a presumably 100k, he might be someone to look at. Let's move on to your boys, Patch. The Hobbs, Bombers. Hobbs, 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 Hobbs. <laughs> Tell us about Hobbs. Is he the one who's going to play for Essendon in 2022? Actually, um, before, you, before you speak, Patch, where does Hobbs fit? I, Pressure forward. Pressure anywhere. forward. <laughs> Pressure small, forward who can't kick. Small defender. In the do, ruck. I, do, I don't know. Does, does he take Devin Smith's spot in the 22? God, I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. Um, Dev was okay in a couple of games at the back end of last year, but yeah, yeah, I'm not going to get started. Um, I don't know where Hobbs fits in. I think he, yeah, he might not be there round one. Um, I th- think he'd be more likely than not. It's hard to say because goodness knows what we're going to do with that side and with that midfield, but. He, he fills a need we don't exactly have, um, you know, at the coalface, that bigger body. Um, will hopefully score a lot of supercoach points for us at some stage in the future. Um, don't know how much he'd score this year and how consistent his game time would be. Um, I'm just excited. Is it going to be like a Tom Powell situation where, like, are they similar players 
they might get games, might slow down. What what are we thinking? Um, I think Hobbs is a bit bigger than Powell in terms of he was a little bit taller. Um, and I think a little bit had a little bit more muscle on him as well. But I think they they play relatively similar styles. I haven't seen a lot of Hobbs um, in terms of highlights. Um, but yeah, he, he tackles. He he yeah gets the contested possessions. Does everything that we like to see. Um, if I can just pull up the stats and scroll across a little bit. Um, you know what Essendon need to do? They need to sign one of the Shaw brothers so we can have a Hobbs and Shaw promo. That's all we need. Or they need to sign a Calvin and then go the other direction and have a Calvin and Hobbs just existential podcast. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think he plays, but again, it, there's a lot of water to go under that bridge and a lot of players to, to shove into that midfield. So I, I don't know. What about these other two blokes they took in the national draft? Alistair Lord, I think he's a bit of a running defender. He's a running defender, but Adrian Dodaro has come out and said, oh, we might play him as a precious small forward. (laughs) Because of course he did, and of course we have. And (laughs) You did the – that's reverse Ned Cahill, mate. It's reverse Ned Carl, and it's – he's – I don't – That already screams to me, do not pick this player. Correct. Correct. I, I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole unless we see him streaming off the halfback flank in preseason games. And uh, Damo, do you want to talk about Garrett McDonough, who I reckon is has the second best name in this draft? Second best name? Behind Rhett Bazo is uh, incredible. That's a very solid name. We'll talk about Rhett a bit later on, um, but Garrett McDonough. Yeah, you only have to talk to Richmond fans to to know how disappointed they were that he's gone to Essendon. They th- Richmond fans think that he will debut in round one, and Ben Rutten's a fool if he doesn't debut in round one. Round that's how one. This guy, that's that's how good this they think this guy is. Although, let's not talk about how we think about Richmond fans. Um, <laughs> Love you, Kev. I do think he debuts round one though. That's huge. That is huge. I I don't know where or how he fits in, but you don't draft a twenty five year old with a lot of VFL experience unless you you're not going to play him. That's what it feels like. You look back at all the other guys off the top of my head. I'm thinking like a Michael Gibbons. Sure, he didn't set the world on fire in a super coach sense, but he played. Nick Hind, they brought across. Uh, he's pseudo VFL player. He obviously played a lot of footy like. I'm, uh, Tom Hutchison for GWS, yep. they drafted yep. at like 26 and admittedly injuries kept him out of the game, but the intention was, and he did play senior footy. So I think you're right, Patch. If what You don't bring this guy in surely unless you're going to play him. Yeah. I, I don't, do you, Damo, what role do you reckon they've got penciled, got him penciled in for? Like on a wing or like they've, they've talked about him as a designated kickout player. Is that what you reckon he does? Yeah. Uh, across half back. Yeah, fitting in with our three hundred other halfbacks that are going to be playing as pressure small forwards, which means he's a he's a shoe in. Yeah, I can't oh, wait for Essendon fans to compare him to Adam Saad. Patrick it. Voss was taken in the rookie draft as well. Any relevance there for for us who don't know who he is? Uh, just one question: How can you be a key defender midfielder? It's <laughs> the vibe, Damo. I mean, I don't look. Who knows, really? There are a lot of them in this draft. There are hey, Jardo Bradner is a winger slash key forward slash key back. And, oh, wait, he got delisted. Um, oh, we need to get picked up again. 
but he also averages 60. So, I mean, who knows, Damo? Who knows? You get 193 centimeter key forwards and then 201 centimeter wingers. Like, what is what is top level football these days when it comes to positions? <laughs> um, I don't know, and I don't think he plays unless injury strikes or he tears it up in the VFL and and crops in mid year. All right, well, let's push on to your side, Damo. Who oh, boy. Oh, didn't boy. they just do a lovely little job of it? Yep, first selection was Jai Armas. He won't play round one unless they feel that they can't trust Rory Lobb um, after he decided that he wanted to leave during the <laughs> preseason. Uh, but I still think Jai Armas is a bit raw, so they may push for a different looking sort of a different look of their forward line. Um, Neil Erasmus, he's a good chance to play around one, but he has just returned from an injury. So there may be some match fitness or some conditioning that they need to put him under for the first few weeks. But I don't think a debut would be too far away, similar to how Heath Chapman didn't play around one, but was named for round two or three. Um, Matt Johnson, though, he played for Subiaco in the, in the seniors. He... Will be he'll be 117k because he was taken in the second round. If he's not there round one, I'm going to be very surprised. Yeah, does he slide straight into Chera's role, just straight off the bat? He could. Uh, that's probably the role that they've been they've penciled in for him. But I can know a little bit taller and a little bit of a different player, but I think like in terms of that that midfield rotation time and that kind of more outsidey position. Yeah. I mean, one thing that the Dockers have created for themselves having poor injury management is they've probably got about 36 best 22 players now. <laughs> so, and and depth is great, but it means picking a best 22 means you leave out players and then you try and work out how to fit how to fit them in and then you leave someone else out and some and somehow David Mundy's in the an, an, an emergency when you're putting it all together and then you have to fit everyone else in. So, it may become a case of he, some of these draftees will have to wait for injuries to occur to get their chance, but I don't think Justin Longmuir has settled on a best 22 yet, and I don't think he's had the opportunity to, to settle on one. And watch them line up with Travis Collier in the forward pocket anyway. <laughs> yeah, plays 22 games. Somehow. The thing that excites me a lot about Matt Johnson in particular, and also Erasmus, but averaging 5.7 tackles yep. in the Waffle Colts, that's not something you can really teach in players. It's something that Carlton fans are hoping Voss can teach in their players, but historically our players don't tackle. If you see a guy coming in averaging six tackles, and in Erasmus's case, four tackles, I'm already excited about taking yep. them as a as a super coach option because from a rookie point of view, they've already got a base. That's already like 20, 30 points locked yep. away if they can replicate it. And then you only need to get, you know, uh, 10 to 15 more touches or a few yep. marks or whatever it is. Yeah. John- Johnson and his three senior waffle games averaged four tackles a game. Yeah. In, Love you know, that. In, in seniors. And then he played, you know, a bunch of reserve games as well, uh, you know, tackled a bit in there, um, which is, the- which is huge. He averaged 119 in the waffle Colts. Did Johnson Erasmus 162 and Amos, uh, that's in the Colts for Erasmus and Amos 122 as well. Yeah, so the, the big question mark over a miss though, or Amos, or whatever you want to say his name is, is that he kicked three point four goals a game. That yep. uh, that's not sustainable at senior level, and that's where a lot of his scoring profile comes from. So not with that not attitude. Be a high scorer. <laughs> you also drafted Eric Benning 
Damo, is that just a ruck depth situation? I was I said to Patch, I think it was a few days ago. Yeah. He's the sort of player that requires a bit of development, but he's but he, given his rapid rise over the last twelve months, he could be a player that's ready in six months or in four years. Yeah, okay. So, but uh, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, he added thirty points on onto his average ranking points. Yeah, yeah, that's Eight, a big jump. Eighty three kilos, so might be able to slide in as a, a third tall forward, maybe this year. But again, it, it'll depend on injuries and a whole bunch of other things. I doubt he gets to, as Damo said, I doubt he gets the first choice this year. Um, in the rookie draft, you also took re rookied Connor Blakely and Mitch Crowden, and took Carl Warner who I don't know who the hell he is, a mid-defender, averaged 84 in the NAB League. Bit of a fly there, Damo. Any chance that we're going to see Carl Warner in a Frio Dockers jersey? Guernsey. No, no I, oh, something's going to have to go right for him to play round one. He's stuck over your way until January because of Mark McGowan's wonderful big fence that he's put up. <laughs> And he made Victoria pay for it. It's a little Imagine political guys, reference, boys. Throwback, throwback, throwback. Let's kick on, shall we? Do we have any final remarks on the draftees from Fremantle? Christ, they're good. Yeah, that very envious. Looks good. Looks very good. I'd like to look at Geelong now, gentlemen. And there's a few Ooh. attractive names here. It's just whether they can break in. I'll just James list Willis. them. James, James Willis. Willis. Are they are they thirty two? <laughs> well, question. let's let's go through in order they took them, and then Damo, you can tell us who's playing round one. Toby Conway, the big ruckman, they took at pick twenty four. He averaged a hundred in the NAB League. Mitch Nevitt, the one hundred and ninety three centimeter midfield beast, who averaged five tackles a game, averaged one hundred and twenty two in the NAB League. James Willis, I think he's a bit of an explosive. Midfielder averaged 120 in the NAB League. Flynn Kroger and Cooper White. Damo, who's playing? Who's interest, interesting and who do you like? Can I add one other name to that list before we jump into there? Do it. Tyson Stengel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Oliver Dempsey in the rookie draft. I love James Willis. I think he is going to be someone that they think real long and hard about. And I know I hate him. But one thing that I will say that Chris Scott does is he gives his draftees a chance to cement themselves, even if, even though he's designated some of them as the super sub. I'm sorry, Quinton Knuckle. Um, <laughs> well, he, he there's he also gives them gives his draftees a decent go. Like yeah. we never saw Brian Myers playing 22 games in his debut season. No, no, he, he's really good at that. He he will get the, give them a good run in his first year. We don't see them again for four years. They request a trade. The meme continues. But yeah, you, you are right. For all the shit we give them for, for being an old side, they they give draftees a run. And you, you reckon Willis is in there round one or, or a decent chance to? I think he's a very good chance to, yeah. I think What's he's... Up? I think he probably gives them what they've lost in Jordan Clark. And even though they didn't play Jordan Clark as this role, it allows someone like a Mark O'Connor to go back to the back line and play that role or go to the wing and play that role that Jordan Clark left behind. And I know Jordan Clark was more of a sub than actually got games, but credit where credit's due, Jordan Clark didn't actually string form together when he was in the senior side. 
It's an interesting one. We also saw them play Max Holmes nine games last year, and he was sub in quite a few of those. Um, but he did play prelim. He did play semifinal. It speaks to your point, Damo, that despite the meme that they're 800 years old, they do tend to give give some players opportunities. So do you think it's Willis ahead of a guy like Nevitt or, or Conway? Conway's obviously probably a long-term project, right, given they bought in Segler in the off-season? Yeah, Conway will be a long-term project. Mitch Nevitt probably needs to add some size to his body, and if they want someone of that caliber to come in, it's probably Cooper Stevens that comes in ahead of him. Yeah, I, I think they've talked Nevitt up as a big-bodied midfielder, and he doesn't yet have the big body required to be a big-bodied midfielder. And They might give him a, a brief run here or there, um, wouldn't be shocked to see him, but I don't think as a super coach option, we really get a, a good look in at him. Tyson Stengel, though, has obviously, you know, we've spoken about mature age has been brought into the club for a reason. I know it wasn't through the draft. Um, do we think, A, that, that he plays consistently and B, super coach option, question mark? Uh, it's a good one, Patch. I had penciled him in to talk about... I. I <laughs> I'm not confident with how they they actually run their small forwards that he's going to play a shitload of footy. I think they're going to be conservative with him. They were conservative with Jack Stephen as well when he came across and you know he had some off-field issues as well, mostly body issues. Um, Tyson Singles in a similar boat where I think they're going to want to be careful. It's it's kind of tough because he's he also played games last year. So he's not going to be super cheap. He played how many games? He played. He played AFL games last year. Uh, in twenty twenty. What year are we in now? Twenty twenty one. Right. Time means nothing. I thought. <laughs> right. He so he didn't play this year. He played last year. He had one score, I believe, of like a hundred. One score of ninety, and then a bunch of like forties and fifties. He's he's going to be a mercurial talent with X Factor. I just don't know if he's able to score for us. Um. He was last priced at 305000 so I don't know what the discount on that is. But he should be cheap. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Tyson Sengel will probably start the year at around 215k. Yeah, and for a guy that's going to average 55 to yeah. 65, it's... Yeah, no, it's a no from me, dog. Yeah, he's not someone that I'm interested in selecting. Although... If he rocks up in sleeves, if Brad Close gets in his ear and the small forward pack yeah. uh, sleeve up. Well, you know that changes everything. So, Oh, I know. I know. It adds another 15 points to his average. But anyway, we're not here to talk about sleeves. Let's talk Gold Coast because um, another year passes. They had 7,000 rookie draft picks. They got salary dump- dumping legalized. They moved picks. They burnt picks. But ultimately... They lost, they lost Hugh Greenwood. They lost Hugh Greenwood. It's a bit of hubris from them, Patch. A bit of hubris, Greenwooderus. That's very... You've got the Greenwood over there. Damo's just shaking his head. Mac Andrew, they took. Big Ruckman jumped a hell of a lot, obviously, in the rankings over the year. Averaged 87 in Supercoach. I guess they also took Charlie Constable uh, in the national draft. In the PSD, they took Rory Thompson, who's 7,000 years old and has the knees of a 7,000-year-old, believe it or not. And then in the rookie draft, they took Levi Casbolt, all of Jez McLennan, Sandy Brock, and Bodie Uland. Who's playing in this team? Levi. Big the Levi. Po- F6, po- lock him in. The policeman. The policeman. 
You reckon Constable? Constable. I think Constable plays and he's going to be 184K. Well, there's a Hugh Greenwood slash Will Brody sized hole in that midfield. We know that he can certainly accumulate the pill when he does get a chance. Mm, I mean, that's what Braden Fiorini does, though. Can he play both of them? Which one of them plays? <laughs> Go to Rini. Well, Fantasy Freako tweeted this. Only Cam Guthrie ranked higher for disposals per minute at the Cats this season than Charlie Constable. Small sample size, blah, blah, blah. But the, the guy can find the ball. At 180K, he's going to be bloody tempting. And, I mean, we, we know he can score super coaches, not necessarily AFL people, but super coaches have been calling for this guy to play footy for a long time. He's he's gonna he's surely in there around one ten. You'd certainly hope so. But I mean, did Gold Coast come in underneath Geelong to select this guy? Did Geelong commit to reselecting him as a rookie and then didn't? Ge- or yeah, Geelong said that they would re rookie him, but he was welcome to look at other options. Geelong don't let good players just walk out the door. And there has been the knock that they don't think he's got the two-way running. Well, he'd fit right, just right <laughs> in at Gold Coast, Damo. Yeah, I, I think the the role that Greenwood played was more a defensive mid one where, you know, he wasn't tagging, but he was running back. He was behind the ball a little bit and laying just a lot of tackles. And I don't think they need another midfielder that's just going to get 35 touches and be useless with all of them. When they've got Fiorini, Raul is an accumulator. No, Anderson can accumulate the pill. Um, like they've got enough midfielders through there. You know, um, Elijah Hollands will, will run through there and pick up the ball as well. Sam Flanders will... Like they, they don't have that defensive mid that, that Constable won't be that he, the Greenwood was. Um, I confused the hell out of me. Let's talk about Mac Andrew. <laughs> Let's talk about Mac Andrew. Is he going to play, boys? No. Jared no. Witch should be back. Yep. Should be back. But but also, if you get a bit of paper and draw a stick figure, that's basically what Mac Andrew looks like at the moment. He's a skinny lad. He's a skinny I don't know. lad. Very but tall. Very uh, high ceiling, but probably very low floor as well. It's 200 centimeters, 70 kilos. He'll also be 180k as a pick five. Yeah, that, you're they, right. They brought in Marbia Chol as well, who I see playing a similar role to to Andrew when he starts getting AFL games. Like, I, yeah, no, ask me in three years. They also took Rory Thompson, not super coach no. relevant. They took Levi Casbolt, obviously super coach relevant. Lock him in. Lock him in. They um, re-rookied Jez McLennan. Doesn't they, exist. That's, they, a, that's a money laundering scheme. They took Sandy Barock from the uh, Waffle, who uh, don't know anything about, but looks like he's just another key defender. And Bodie Uland, Mm. who in the NAB League averaged 141. Sandy Brock is actually a ruckman. Oh. And he is the nephew of the race car driver with the same surname. Peter Brock. There you go. I assume. I assume Peter Brock. It would make sense, right? The name right. escapes me, so I, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Peter Brock. Yeah, well, uh, there, I mean, he is a man. <laughs> There's probably other Brocks who drive cars. Let's go with Peter Brock. Um, yeah, I, I think Bodie Uland could well be pushing at some stage during the year. He played senior footy for a, a chunk of this year in the Swans VFL side. Was all right. 
might be more as a, of a defensive midfielder than than Constable. I I don't know if he if he actually gets picked, but I think he's a chance to have a run round. Do we know if uh, Connor Butterick's knee is going to be ready for round one? I think so. Maybe. I mean, we think so based on the information given us to it, but we also thought Hugh Greenwood was going to play for the Gold Coast Suns based on the information given to us. So, I think if Connor Butterick isn't right for round one, then Bodie Euland is a very good chance to play. That's a good call. I like that. That's a... Yep. I like that. And Butterick was another one of those guys where you started him and he was cheap and he just played all year and he didn't score heaps, but when you needed to, you could rely on him. Um, I like those sort of players, so I do hope he gets back, but also... I desperately want hookies to play for Supercoach. GWS. And you know what? Well, this will be the last team we do. We'll cut it and then we'll make it part two. So editing live as we go. Because this, Love of it. course, took way longer than we no, anticipated. No, surely not. Can't imagine <laughs> us ever going overtime on anything. All right. GWS. They took Finn Callan at pick three. They took Lek, the new favorite of the pod, Aaliyah. At pick 15, Josh Fahey at pick 42 in the national draft. Then they also took Cooper Hamilton in the rookie draft and rookied Jacob Weir. Boys, Damo, what are we like? Finn Callahan, does the writ, does his talent and, you know, upside and the fact that he averaged 112 in juniors, does that outweigh the fact that he's a midfielder who's been drafted by GWS. Is Leon Cameron going to stuff us again? You guys talk among yourself. I've got to do some research just quickly. Oh, dear. Um, that's. I'm hoping that's very good news that he'll be coming back to us with. But you know what? Every year I say, no, nah, we'll be right this time. We'll be right this year. Like They're, they're pretty good. Um, and he'll be named round one, but he'll be like 200K and he'll play forward and then he'll get dropped and then he'll play as the sub. And I'm not like, I don't care how good Finn Callahan is this year. I'm not going back to be bitten again. I can't do it. I cannot pick another Giants midfielder and hope that it doesn't burn me because. What, what Einstein, if he's forward that, eligible? What if he's forward eligible? What's that Einstein quote like about like idiocy is like doing the same thing twice. If a tree but, falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, how do you know if it made a sound? I That's not the thing I'm It's the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> it, I, You're not but, hearing me, Patchy. <laughs> Look, if you want to pick Finn Callahan and get burned yet again, then go for it. But no, God, I, no, I'm not touching I him. I don't want to do it. There's not a 0% all. chance it's, I touch him. If he's forward eligible, I'll probably come back and get burnt because I'm a sucker for punishment. But uh, if he's mid-eligible, only 200K for a guy that will be in and out of that side because Lane Cameron hates us with a passion. No, thank you. Let's talk Lech. Lech. He was obviously taken by GWS as a bit of a project in, def- in defense, key position defense. He is a mature ager, but I don't think from a Supercoach perspective he's ever really lit the world on fire. Averaged 11 disposals, three marks in the sample. Only sample reserves, only one game there. I wouldn't be shocked if we see him this year being a mature ager played in the sample, and he's also an intercept defender, which uh, maybe as a rookie is enough to justify it, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Very much a wait on C. 
on that front. Damo, how is your research going? The last three selections in the top in the in that the last top GWS's last three first selections in the draft have played a minimum of seven games in their debut set in their debut year. Lockie Ash played thirteen. Tanner Bruin played twelve. So Finn Callahan, if follows trend, will get his opportunities. And Leon Cameron. He sort of sneaks these guys under, under under your nose a little bit. Yeah, by playing them forward or as the sub or by killing us in other ways. But they get games. They do get games. 12 games is great, but are they 12 games in a row? Because if they're 12 games with a gap in between each week, I don't want a bar of it. You know what I mean? I just, look, it's Tom Green. It should be Tom Green season, but oh. it won't be because Callan's going to come in and ruin him too. Please don't talk about Tom Green. What about this Josh Fahey guy? Do we have any chance of seeing him in a in an orange slash charcoal Guernsey for round one? Yeah, Damo and I spoke about this a little while ago in our, our post-draft debrief. Um, yeah, I, he's a decent chance of getting there. Um, they might push a, a Lockie Ash or a, a Lockie Whitfield or someone up the field. Um, and Fahey plays more of a defensive role and less runoff maybe. But I don't know, Damo, do you reckon, you reckon he might get a gig? One thing that Leon Cameron was doing late in the season was Lockie Ash was actually playing a run with role in the midfield. No, he was too. Out of that back line. So he wasn't in that back six. Yeah. And there's going to be no Jack Buckley because he did his ACL at the towards the end of last season. And there's every chance that they phase out the likes of your Callan Wards and your, and your uh, Phil Davis's. And 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 your Matt DeBoer's, Matt DeBoer, Matt DeBoer. I can't believe he's still running around. Play it. I mean, running is a generous word for it, but he he's there. Around. He's around. So, so there I is a potential void of significance here for a guy like Josh Fay. Maybe. Um, he did play the three VFL games, which is very good to see, but also averaged forty five in them. So, yeah, yeah. I, mm, we'll we'll see. Well, well see. you know what else we'll see. The audience on the other side, because this is going to be the end of part God, one. Smooth. God, that was smooth. Of the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast draft review. Thank you for listening. Rate, comment, subscribe, or whatever it is you do on Super on YouTube. This isn't on YouTube, but hit that bell. Not our bell, just hit someone's bell. Hit Get bell. notified. Thank you again to Frozen Drinks from Hungry Jacks. Go and taste the sour grape with the watermelon warhead boosties. They're just why? so damn good. I've had so many. It's causing real health issues. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. I will speak to you guys in real life in like two seconds. See you later, community.